Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 216 with Sean Bell. How are you, Sean? I'm great. Thanks, Dale. How are you today? Good, mate. Now, we're both in Melbourne, and uh, I think that really shows about Melbourne that I thought it was sunny when I came to my studio, and you're saying it's not sunny outside. Um, Melbourne, mate, 2020, how's it been for you? It's been interesting, to say the least. <laughs> um, I think it's it's been a – there's been a lot of positives in this year that's obviously been a really hard year for everyone, and I think one of the biggest things that's taught – everyone is how important that human connection is. And um, that's been a massive part of my life, especially the past couple of years doing running community events. I really miss just hanging out with people. Um, But at the same time, I think I've become closer with my family. You know, we're doing Sunday night movie nights and stuff like that. So still live at home and um, yeah, I have a greater relationship. I think now with mom and my younger brother, not that it wasn't before, but now it's thriving even more. So um, that's a positive that's come out of it. Mm, massively and I think they're things that we not took for granted but they're probably not things that we treasured or you know put enough time into before because our lives have been so busy you know we're we're go 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 but I think the opportunity to slow down that maybe people wouldn't have taken before you're probably realizing that there's things in your life that you've been extremely grateful for now that you may have not been before and it sounds like a movie night like when would have you thought that 2020 the, the biggest thing would be a movie night with your mom and your brother like it's pretty cool though yeah, no, definitely. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. I um, I think that's a, a very interesting point and a lot of people would have experienced that same thing and, and it's that, you know, when we can slow down, it fills, fills up our cup and then we can have more energy um, and more productivity to go after the things that we want. I totally agree. Now, mate, we're going to get into your resume. For a 23-year-old, you are a super freak. Like, I can't believe I was reading through, and I know Matt Sapala, my good mate, introduced us. And, mate, you've done 50 marathons in 50 days. You're getting ready to run around Australia in 2022, which I can't wait to talk about. Um, you Did you always love running, or how did this all come about, mate? Is there a story behind this, Sean? Yeah, I have always loved running. I wasn't a runner growing up. I was a footballer. Um, So more so love running with a footy in my hands. But (laughs) I think even being in primary school, like, um, you know, when the cross country day came around, I'd love, you know, trying that. And and then in high school as well. So I was never a great long distance runner. It was all football focused. um, And that was my my passion. I was... um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed in the position now to be speaking to some schools, some year nine students. And I always share the story of like when I was in year nine and I say, you know, I was the sort of kid that was sitting in the back of the room, just zoned out, handballing the footy to myself, just <laughs> get my books, going to class, but remember my footy because that was, that was who I was. And um, I played from when I was uh, six until I was 19 years old and just loved it. And, um, but yeah, I think that the real change, as you said, how it came about, the running for those huge events really sort of started um, because in 2016, one of my teammates passed away. And so he was healthy, 18, went to bed and didn't wake up and they still don't know why. Um, so it's obviously a real tragedy, but you know, I think one of the positives, if there can be anything that I've been able to take out of that is, is the lesson that it taught me that we're not promised tomorrow and we must chase our dreams now. And so that's um, absolutely changed how I live my life every day. And it's just inspired me to make a difference in his honor. 
Um, and that's what kickstarted my love for running and for charity and for making a difference and putting it all together. So it didn't happen straight away in 2016, but yeah, over the past few years, been connecting my running to that bigger why and, and making a difference. No, so true. And like I said, I don't want to talk about too much about COVID, but I think it's really made us realize that we can't control the past and the future. We've got no idea what it's about, um, but we can enjoy each day and be present and, you know, really embrace that. Is that sort of the stuff that when you're speaking to students now, particularly the year nines, you're saying, is that something that you wish, because I know I speak to a lot of students as well and say, I wish I had been told this in school. Do you think it's something that you can be told or it's something you have to learn along the way? Um, no, I think you can definitely teach it to them, but it's how they take it on, I guess. Um, you know, for me, I think someone else could have told me to slow down, stop planning for the future, all of that. But until maybe COVID hit, I wouldn't have had that same understanding and appreciation for the presence. So, um, uh, to be honest, that's one of the things I've really struggled with is patience, uh, in particular after my teammate passed away, because, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, you know, every day is so precious. I have to do, I have to do this today, I have to do this today. And so, you know, um, I'm just constantly going after it, but at the same time, like, obviously you need to slow down. And as we said, those family nights and, and things like that are what's going to fill you, fill up your cup to give you that energy to keep going with whatever it is that you want to do and love to do. So I think it's a balance. I think that um, of course we, we do have to chase our dreams. We don't know what tomorrow brings and, um, you know, the fact that he was 18 and healthy just showed that, you know, it could happen to anybody. So um, while it's extremely rare, it did make me understand that. Um, but I think at the same time, we also yeah, just need to be present and enjoy each day because that's where we're living. <laughs> Yeah, no, and mate, I couldn't agree more. And it is such a tragedy. And um, I know people experience different forms of tragedy through their life. And some people might shave their head. They might sell some Freddo frogs. What in the world made you realize or decide to do 50 marathons in 50 days? Because that is what a dedication to your mate. I'm sure he's looking down to thinking that is incredible, but that's a feat. That's over 2000 kilometers in 50 days. How, how did you even think to do that? Like, were you like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard, Sean. Like, what, what made you think I'm going to do this? Like, because it's incredible. <laughs> well, thank you very much, firstly. Um, I think, yeah, it's, as I said, it didn't happen overnight. So my teammate passed away in July 2016. And um, after that period, I started to feel really lost. Um, I think naturally being 18 or 19 years old and just lost a teammate. They don't know why. Like, it just really just hit, it hit me hard. And um and then about nine months later, my mom realizing that I was going through a pretty tough time, she took me over to see life coach Tony Robbins, who I'm sure you're familiar with his work, um, yep. big man in America. So she took me to America and she said, so um, I think this guy will really help you. I want you to watch his Netflix documentary and, and look at a couple of videos on YouTube. And if you like it, um, I'll take you to America. So maybe a few hours later, I ran back downstairs. I'm like, hey, mom, mom, I loved it. When I just wanted to go to the ice hockey in the NBA. <laughs> so she shows me that she's bought the tickets like the next day. And I was like, oh, wow, I better actually see what this guy's about. And, and so the reason I do bring up that story is, is it was pivotal in what made me eventually run 50 marathons because at his event, he shared the story of a guy called Stu Middleman who ran uh, 85 Ks a day for 55 days in a row across America. So a double marathon. And 
at the time, as I said, being a footballer, um, I just didn't even know that there was an ultramarathon. I didn't even know ultramarathons existed. So I couldn't believe how this guy could do that back to back like that. And um, But what it did do was inspire me. And then I went back to play footy. So that was March 2017. Went back, played football that year and thought, it's all I've ever known. We'll go back, play footy. Was lucky enough to be the captain of the Vermont Eagles under-19s. And we went undefeated, won the grand final. Um, but despite our success, I thought, you know, I've really got what I want to out of football and I want to run the Melbourne Marathon. Let's just give that a go and see what happens after that. And um, that Melbourne Marathon uh, was three weeks after our grand final. So it was a big test, but um, I loved it as, as hard as it was. I loved it. And it, I think in the training for it and, um, you know, during the run, it was often thinking about my teammate that really helped me push through that hurt locker that or the pain cave that so many runners talk about. Um, and then I thought there was a lot of power in that. I've just, you know, tapped into something special without even realizing it, connecting my running to something bigger than me. And, and then it came back to thinking about that guy's story of running across America. And I thought, well, I wonder if anyone's run across or around Australia. Um, I found out a few people have, and there was even a couple in their sixties that ran around Australia a marathon a day for a year. So I was just all of a sudden, reading all these stories and it was just like bang I've got this just came to me and in the moment I decided that in 2021 it was at the time but I made that decision December uh, December 2017 that in 2021 I would run around Australia and so I just wow. said that's what I'm going to do in honor of my teammate uh, made this big commitment and that was I was just super clear on that and so the 50 marathons came out as well if I'm going to run around Australia I need to do something first to <laughs> prove to myself that I can do this so I trained for a year and said starting January 4th 2019 I'll run 50 and 50 so I did that mate that's that's epic so what's what's the training what's training looking like for 50 and 50 because you that's putting your body through like pain and pain and pain like excruciating like the amount of force and pressure going through your body so how did, is there training plans out there for people want to do 50 marathons in 50 days or do you have to just sort of modify it and you know know your body so well that you know what you need to put into it yeah well i was blessed to be coached by jace from vb athletic and he's still my coach today um there's absolutely uh, no doubt in my mind that um, without his help, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it because as you say, it's such a huge um, you know, thing to take on. And I didn't understand the science behind the different types of training in the lead up. So I was just, uh, I was still at university doing an exercise science degree and, and I would run from my house in Vermont to ACU in Fitzroy three days a week, run a half marathon. My mate would bring my books and laptop and I'd get there and I'd be stuffed. I'd barely stretch. I'd go into class and like, it just wasn't going to work. And that was how I was trying to lead up to the 50 and 50 until about five months out. I, um, I thought, I know my why I've, I've clearly got that. I want to make the difference on my teammate. All of those reasons why we're really strong, but I thought, I don't necessarily know if I'm training the right way. I don't know if I know if I'm on the right track. And so I reached out to an ultra marathon runner who'd lived that experience. She ran 77 marathons across India, um, Samantha Gash. And um, she's now an incredible friend of mine and mentor. And she just said, I absolutely believe you can do this, but the way you're training at the moment, you need to change it up. 
So it's just incorporating a lot more things like um, single leg, um, single leg weights. So Bulgarian split squats, um, lunges, all the different variations. So things like that, having some really heavy periods in the gym, um, hill sprints, um, tempo sessions, even absorption runs, just really low heart rate recovery runs, stuff that I, I now understand really well, but at the time had no idea. So I think to best answer your question to how someone else takes on 50 marathons in 50 days is get in touch with Jace from VMB Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good little bit of promotion there, Sean. I like that. So um, when it started out, mate, obviously you would have been feeling fresh, but as the 50 days went on and on and on, how did you just get up each day and find the motivation? Because I could imagine you were getting sore. Um, you would have experienced so many different emotions through it. I know you got the why and the bigger picture that you're trying to do for your mate, but um still to show up and do that every day. What was it? What was that feeling like? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the most common thing people say to me when they hear what I've done is um, how is the body on day 50? Were you broken? And I think what's, what's pretty amazing is that my body actually just adapted really well and it got better. It got never was easy, of course, but it got easier. The first, the last 25 days were a lot easier than the first 25 days. So um, it's pretty amazing how the first week I was just extremely sore. Um, remember day three, I was in the physio getting my calves checked out. They felt like they were about to pop and dry needles <laughs> and all the rest of that. And then the next day there was an issue with my hip and knee and it was just, you know, little bits and pieces each day. But by about day eight, something just clicked and I started to, it just started to be general soreness. Like my body was getting used to it and adapting and um, it was never about running fast because, you know, I was never going out there to, to run fast knowing that I had to do it again the next day. Um, but in saying that, the, the times were getting quicker anyway. So it was just that the body adapted really well. I think um, the way that I prepared was, was smart. I was doing sort of 80 to 100 kilometer weeks in the lead up um, because I was also doing leg weights two or three times a week. So it was a real strength uh, and building phase, but not so crazy that, you know, I was actually in the back of my mind a little bit worried that, um, you know, to jump from 80 or 100 Ks to 295 a week is such a huge week. Um, but my coach just stressed that, you know, this is the right way to go about it, where even though you're doing 80 to 100, the sessions are at intensity, we're doing 10 Ks to 15 Ks of hill sprints, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So that when I'd get to the starting line, I was fresh, um, I was strong, and I wasn't, you know, injured or um, just absolutely stuffed before it began. Mm. Hey, that, that's crazy i couldn't imagine what that's like but when you when you finished obviously the feeling would have been incredible and i know that you shared that with so many people and a lot of people ran with you on that last one did you think at the end of that 50 that like that's an amazing achievement that uh maybe the running around australia uh that's that's not for me but or did it just really pencil that in that goes i can do this i can do anything was it was that the sort of feeling you felt yeah, I was obviously incredibly proud, but at the same time, you know, as I said, I made that goal in 2017 to run around Australia and the 50 and 50 was just sort of a stepping stone. So even when I did accomplish that, yes, I was proud, but I thought, all right, tick that one off. Let's keep going. So it was, um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a real moment of, you know, an incredible moment, an incredible night to experience that with so many friends and uh, my teammates, family and his friends as well. So it was a, a very special night that I'll never forget. Um, but as you said, at the same time, I was like, all right, let's, let's keep working. 
I've, I've got no doubt. So let's move on now, run for wishes. And obviously the youngest person ever you're trying to be to run around Australia. And that's uh, 14,000 kilometers. And you're going to try and do it. This is the crazy part. You're going to do it around eight months, which is averaging around 60 Ks a day. So that's a lot of Ks in your body. Uh, are you, you going to have people running with you? Or how, how's it going to work? Because surely the mental demons you're going to face along that way. Have you been thinking about that? There's a lot of mindset work you do as well, Sean. Like I just can't get my head around. I'm so fascinated with this, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's obviously going to be a massive challenge and bigger than the 50 and 50. And, and I'm well aware of that. But I think when I try and explain the run around Australia to people in, in some sort of sense, it's that, you know, imagine it's your job that you're out there for eight to nine hours a day. Like that's your commitment and you've got some other people around you to help as well. So I'm very um, grateful to have one of my best mates, Max. He's with me. He's committed to be the, the project manager as such of the trip. So he's sort of coordinating um, so that I can run. And, and so um, we'll also have probably one or two other volunteers with us and that they'll be interchanging, um, you know, someone in Brisbane and swaps over someone in Townsville and so on. So these people will help being able to drive the vehicles next to us, um, you know, find campsites, cooking, things like that. So I can just focus purely on knocking over those K's every day and then recovering. So um, yeah, definitely always thinking about my reasons why. And um, I know I said earlier how the run around Australia was going to be 2021. Well, it's now 2022 simply because of the impact of COVID. Um, there's so much that's obviously changed. And the fact that we don't have interstate borders open, it just puts <laughs> risk to the run. Um, but you know, the biggest thing for me, I think, is... Um, you know, Make-A-Wish is such an incredible organization and the work that they do. And I haven't been able to experience that many uh, wishes this year with the children and their families. So uh, I think it's often um, when you're in that pain cave um, during an event of any sort, or, or maybe if it's not even running or training related, but if someone's going through a really challenging time in their life, they're always drawing on greater inspiration from somewhere. And I think for me, during the 50 marathons in 50 days, it was thinking about my teammate, but also I knew that I was raising money for a charity called the Compassionate Friends who helps support grieving families. So I was always thinking about those families and how it will benefit them. And so throughout next year, 2021, I'm just really excited to, on top of my training, just hang out with as many wish families as I can and meet these children, get so much inspiration from them so that when I'm during the run, you know, nothing's going to stop me. I'll be thinking about these kids. And that, mate, that is such a selfless act. So people are listening. How can they help out? Because um, as you said, obviously there's a lot of money that needs to go into, you know, being able to do this. You know, you're, you're away for eight or nine months. You've got people helping you. You've got food. You've got expenses. What can people do to help you out in this amazing journey going on, Sean? Oh, thank you. Well, we're currently setting up Run for Wishes as a non-for-profit company. So because uh, Make-A-Wish is the charity, um, we're not, like when with people in the public and we ask them if they want to support really just asking for people to support make a wish directly. I think that's, you know, you know, the most important thing we really want to raise money so that these kids can achieve their number one wish. And, and that's the reason I'm so passionate about make a wish is because as I said, that message, that number one lesson that I learned, we must chase our dreams. Now we're not promised tomorrow. Well, these kids are battling critical illnesses and some of them, you know, are really sick. And so I figure if I can do what I love, chase my dream and, and um, at the same time help others achieve theirs, then that would be so special. So 
from a helping point of view from the public, they can definitely donate. Um, we have our website set up runforwishes.com.au and you'll see all the links there to donate to make a wish. Um, and if they want to support the run, then get in touch. Um, just same thing via the website. You'll be able to see our email or phone number and stuff like that. And yeah, there's, there's definitely ways you can help around that, whether it's coming along for a run next to me at some point, or uh, maybe even potentially jumping in the support crew as well. Mate, absolutely love that. And I'll have links in the show notes. So guys, this is episode number 216. Go and check that out. You can reach out to Sean. You can even go on the website and read a little bit more about the journey and everything you're doing. So mate, one thing I want to know is what's your food or daily intake like for when, when you're, but particularly when you're doing your 50 and 50, because fuel is food. So um, did you have specific meals or did you realize some days that, you know, you're a bit lower and you need more or how did you manage that? Yeah, I definitely, had, it was more just about hitting the calories. So um, yeah, I was eating, what was it? It was about four and a half thousand calories a day, sometimes <laughs> 5,000. Wow. It was ridiculous. But yeah, I had to get in. So um, I woke up, always woke up like about an hour and a half earlier than I started running, at least an hour anyway, um, so that I could smash down at the time. It was uh, seven wheat bicks and two crumpets. And then, <laughs> And then I'd start running. And as I said, because it's not so much, it was never about going fast or a race where a lot of marathon runners would use gels. Like when I'm running quick, I'm using gels. Um, I was eating proper food. So on the run, I might've had two peanut butter sandwiches, a um, couple of bananas, maybe a cliff bar and a Gatorade or two. That's during the run. Um, get home from the run and have four eggs on toast and a big smoothie. So like it was just constantly putting food into the body. Uh, I definitely wasn't eating the same every single day, um, but yeah, it was just about calories and making sure that I stayed around that mark and eating predominantly healthy. Mm, oh, that's mate, and, and that's the thing, people. You need to eat if you're exercising that much. No sort of calories for doing fifty and fifty. That is crazy. So, and that's another thing, like the money you need to do what you're doing. People, please support. Like, get out there. So, one thing I love about you, sir, and didn't talk too much about the stars, Sean. Is I think your mum's an absolute legend. Like, who would say to so let's go to America and go to Tony Robbins? And I love all this, and I see a lot of people all the time that do self-help and they'll read all these self-help books, but they don't actually action it. What, what made you, what's so different about you that made you realize that somebody else did it? I want to do it and, and actually go through with it. Have you got advice for people out there? Because there's a lot of people that are going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But to actually do it and live and breathe it, it's super impressive, mate. Yeah. No, thank you. I, I think the biggest thing for people to, um, I guess not understand, but trying to think of the right word. Probably one of the best things they could do is just look internally at, at what they're passionate about, what makes them happy. And, and, you know, is there, has there been a moment or two in their life that they can look back on where they just felt extremely fulfilled? So at that time, I remember we did something at that seminar. It was something like, look back on one of your moments where you're at your happiest and what were you doing? Who were you hanging out with? Could you replicate that going forward? And just thinking about all these different experiences I've had and, and probably one of the biggest things that I realized in that moment was I love challenging myself and I love helping others. So that was all I took away from that. At that point, as I said, I was still playing football. It was, you know, about a year later that I decided I wanted to run around Australia or at least nine months. Um, but I knew that there some things I'm incredibly passionate about challenging myself and helping others. So the fact that I could then um, understand that and connect the two together, well, it's just become a part of who I am. And, and now I, um, yeah, and I think as well, the greater inspiration, as I said, in, in knowing that 
I'm always honoring my teammate while making a difference. It's like that lesson that I learned when he passed away. Every day I wake up, you know, I'm here for a purpose. This is why I do what I do. And I want to inspire others to chase their own dreams and do what they're most passionate about. Well, you're inspiring me, Sean. I can guarantee people are listening to this, mate, that I'm a, I'm a huge believer in kindness. And um, it sounds like that, mate, you going above beyond putting other people forward because it actually makes you feel better. It gives you the motivation. And like you said, when you are running, um, and particularly in 2020, you're going to really call on those because you are helping so many other people. And I absolutely love that. So, um, mate, from the like from the general community and everything you're trying to achieve, it's super impressive. And for a 23 year old, um, what you've been able to achieve so far is incredible. Do you, my last question you Sean is, do you, do you ever sit back? And I know after your 50, 50, you said you had a wonderful night with family and friends, but then you're on to the next thing. Do you ever just think and, and be like proud of what you've done or do you take time or there's no time for that because you know, you've got to get this run around Australia going. Do you actually take time to think about what you've achieved so far as a 23 year old and be proud of that? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I think it's incredibly important. Um, you know, everything is in balance. I have a lot of people ask me like, are you extremely rigid with what you do? Is it just, you know, work hard with your training and like don't have much of a social life. You're young stuff like that. And, and no, definitely not. I think there's um, times for that, but I also think that I learned an incredible lesson. And that was that, you know, I love just spending time with my mates. And if you could have one or two drinks, like that's not going to harm you. And yet I didn't see a lot of mates in the lead up to the 50 and 50, because I was so focused. And I think I went about 160 days, my mate said, without a beer from grand final day through till <laughs> finishing the 50 and 50. You know, like one of my mates had his 21st during the during the 1550. I think it was day 37 or 38. And um, I didn't go because I was in this routine of just going to bed at 8 o'clock, 8.30, going to bed early, getting up 4.30, 5 o'clock, big breakfast and then running. And so looking at, at the time that made sense to me, it was like, I have to be performing at my best tomorrow. This is what I've been doing. This is routine and this is it. But, you know, looking back afterwards and taking time to reflect, I was like, I would have, I would have run the Ks no matter what, because my why is there. And I, you know, I really felt that I should have been there with my mate as well. So we went out and had lunch and um, which was special day 51, I celebrated with him. So we just went out together. Um, but yeah, no, I've definitely learned lessons from the experience and, and absolutely take the time to reflect because I think, you know, as much as we want to keep working towards our goals, we actually do get inspiration and uh, energy from what we've achieved as well. Mm, so true. And exactly what you just said there, I think uh, as humans, we crave connection. We've been robbed of it this year. Uh, and a lot of that's been through virtual or screens or whatever we're doing. So um, I think exactly what you said there, that uh, memories like what you've done are only great if you can share them with others. And that really sounds like what you're able to if you made on day 51. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was a it was a special day with him. And I think to touch back on one of the things you said before about, you know, um, almost like putting others, others ahead of yourself and others needs, I think, for some people, it might be hard to relate to that. So I wanted to touch on that a little bit more. And it's not necessarily the way I do what I, it's not necessarily, you know, um, what I do. I think there's obviously a time and place to be very giving to other people, of course. Um, always want to be giving and supporting other people, but you do need to look after yourself. And so I um, was originally supporting a charity called the Compassionate Friends, which I touched on, which um, help raise money and awareness for grieving families and support them after they've lost a um, child or grandchild, brother or sister. 
And so they're an incredible organization and we raised $30,000 for them through the 50 and 50 and more so the awareness and all of that. But at the same time, I felt like uh, I've got so clear on my purpose being to help other people chase their own dreams now that I thought there's no charity that will mean more to me than make a wish. And so I actually made a very tough decision to walk away from this charity called the compassionate friends that I'd committed to, to run around Australia for them. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a point that's um, that needs to be shared with people that while we can get clear on what we want and yes, go after our dreams, don't be so fixed on the journey. Don't be so fixed on, you know, plan A, if it's not working, if there's something that is, um, if there's something that's coming at you that you just truly feel that you need to change, um, then go for it. You need to trust your heart and your intuition and go with that. And so for me, I got really clear that as much as I want to help people and we had helped people with the compassionate friends um, and I have nothing but love and respect for that charity, I had to move on to this greater purpose that I feel is, is why I'm here on this earth to help people chase their dreams now. So um, yeah, I think if you can understand um, your needs first and then when you're in that place of of being able to truly help others because you're doing what you want to do um, and doing it to make a big difference, then yeah, you can have a very special impact. Sean, I couldn't have said that any better myself, mate. That That is an amazing thing. And I think people as, you know, the year rolls on 2020, that they'll be realizing that themselves. Do you know what I mean? That there may be things in their life that they're doing that, they don't need to do or that's not serving their purpose or their why and everything like that. But for a 23 year old, mate, you are super impressive. I can't wait to watch your space for 2022 guys listening, go to episode 216, sign up, donate, just read more about it and share what Sean's doing because it is such a brilliant thing. So Sean, thank you so much for your time today, mate. And um, I can't wait to watch your space. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me, Dale. It was great to have a chat.